Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Sally Holder. She is the best-selling author of Hitting Rock Middle. She is also a speaker, trainer, and guide to her clients breaking out of their silent scream in success into true fulfillment. We talk about facts versus feelings during COVID-19, tips to best organize and stick to our to-do list. She also gives a future prediction for female entrepreneurs and also talks about what internal success looks like. Get ready to take a few notes because there are several gems and pieces of wisdom that I know you're going to want to capture. Enjoy. Sally, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Casey. I can't wait to be able to dive in and talk about all things being able to help your listeners. That's awesome. I want to first start off by asking what Rock Middle is. Sure. So Rock Middle is a term that I coined about a year ago, actually now, And it was the result of a journey that I found myself on that I feel like a lot of other women find themselves on. And that is that, you know, you end up in kind of a middle place in your life and career where you're not entirely satisfied with, you know, this world that you have built around you. I often call it the cage of our own making. And that is exactly where I found myself. I had been practicing law for more than 10 years. I was unhappy, but yet I had external success. And especially women, when we find ourselves in a position of external success, where everyone else is saying to you things like, you must be so happy, it becomes really difficult to create change. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to leave behind that externally successful career and find something that made me internally fulfilled. And, you know, I thought, I'm totally alone in this. And what I come to find out is know that there are lots of women that feel exactly the same way where they may have that external success, but want to create change too. And I thought, you know, if we could create a term that really became shorthand and identified this middle place where you're not at rock bottom, right? You have some things that other people might want and therefore it Mm. keeps you trapped, but you're not at what I would identify as kind of the top of the rock. You're not at what I would say is like, you know, that soaring, easy place that you can get to where you have both internal fulfillment and external success. So I created the term rock middle. I love it. And that is really what it is all about. Yeah, I love that. It's so catchy. I think so many of us can relate to it. I'm curious what you think the origin of this kind of cage that we've created, you know, many of us have created or can relate to that. Where do you think that all stems from? Oh my gosh, what a great question. You know, and if I had the answer to that, I think, you know, women as a gender could like, we could unlock the entire cage, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) 
But I think some of it definitely comes from, you know, in my law practice, I, I became a researcher. So I love being able to research. And so when we look back at our history and we look at, okay, how did we get to where we are today? You know, what has shaped our habits, patterns, and beliefs? And that is a lot of what causes us to remain exactly where we are and not yet at the top of the rock, where we're all capable of going. And a lot of those habits, patterns, and beliefs, you know, came from conditioned thinking a long time ago that you know, we should be grateful for what it is that we are able to have, like the career that we're now able to have, the fact that we are now able to practice law and be, you know, appearing in court that, you know, I found that so many other women are stuck in this middle place because, you know, we hadn't yet unlocked, you know, the next stage of the habits, patterns, and beliefs to say, yes, we are grateful for those things. But, it doesn't come, you know, without gratitude that we would want to move beyond those as well. And so I think that, you know, in looking and researching, you know, historically, like we needed to break out of one cage and we did. Right. And so that we became a part of the workforce. And so then there became this settlement there of that ought to be good enough. And a lot of us have gotten stuck there, me included. And now I'm saying, well, let's move beyond that gratitude and look for you know, real fulfillment and say, well, what's next? So curious because I know you're a big mindset gal, as am I. And in that, when you talk about patterns, habits, and beliefs, before mm-hmm. we can actually get the motivation and the drivers to change those three things, which are key right? To break out and make a whole, you know, get out of the box, break out. I think we have to look at fear. And I'm curious your thoughts on fear of success, fear of getting to the top rock. Yes. It's such a big driver of what keeps us stuck exactly where we are. You know, I talk about it all the time saying that we attach negative consequences to this idea of success, negative consequences to achieving that next level. And I think that's, part of exactly what, you know, we have been sold of stay here, stay in the middle, because that next level comes with a lot of consequences you don't want to experience. And so that has grown our fear and grown a lot of people to stay in rock middle, I think. And I experienced that too, that fear of, well, what if what's on the other side of this, if I broke out and created something different, what if what's on the other side of it isn't better than what I have right now? And my thought to that is that the feeling wouldn't be within you. The desire to create something different wouldn't be within you if you weren't meant to create something better. If something better weren't waiting for you on the other side of that, you have to just be willing to lean into the faith of yourself, if not, you know, whatever it is that you believe in something greater than yourself and trust that that authentic version of you that's saying you have something more to give the world, something bigger, better that's on the other side of this. We've got to learn to trust in that more than we trust in our fear. I love that. I think that that's very, very powerful. One, having that intuition, two, listening to it, and three, having that like foundation of faith, really, because Mm -hmm. The things that surround us that could keep us playing small, you know, whether it is the fear of losing friends, competition or jealousy, whether it's having your partner feel less than, 
You know, if you start making more in your career, there are a lot of factors. It's so very interesting because we work hard to climb the ladder, even if it's our own ladder as solopreneurs, we're working hard, we're striving. And yet when we get close to it, there's like this self-imposed glass ceiling. So it's like, what the heck? (laughs) It is. Female entrepreneurs tend to earn about 56 cents on every male dollar. That's crazy. Whereas... In the corporate world, you know, where you hear so much noise about the inequalities in pay, it's 76 cents. So if that doesn't show that it's a mindset game, I don't know what does because we're the ones that set our pricing. We're the ones that control that. And it goes to show that when we have the capability, we're worse off. Yeah. We make the choice to charge less. Isn't that something that's such a good point? We could be talking for hours on that point. (laughs) Right? Oh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hopefully, little by little, day by day, you know, just like shining a light on this, we can dissolve some of those insecurities and mindset tricks and games that keep us suppressed. I think it's really inspirational when female entrepreneurs have cracked through and they are brave and they are speaking on stages and they're they're sharing their wisdom and their journey. And I also am a huge fan of sharing the behind the scenes too. So it's not this ta-da moment, but we can talk about some of the ugly bits too and the winding road pieces so we don't feel alone, you know, along the way. So in that vein, I would love it if you could share something that you've overcome in your business, like one of those pieces that was a struggle for you that you had to really dig deep and work through? Oh, wow. I mean, there's so many. But I'll start with the most vulnerable one, which is for me, as I looked at my life and I said, you know, I want to show up in a bigger way. I want to be able to serve people and digging deep and asking myself what's standing in the way of me being able to do that. I realized for me, it was alcohol. So you know, almost four years ago now, I got sober. I knew that that needed to be something that was removed because I was using it as a numbing mechanism, as a barrier to the achievement of my future success. You know, it's just whether it is, you know, an issue for you or not, that still can be used as an avoidance tool. You know, whether it's Netflix or shopping or whatever, we tend to numb the pain of staying the same. And when we remove that numbing mechanism and really look closely at how painful it is for us to stay the same, then we're often motivated to make the change. And so when I removed that numbing mechanism for me and looked around and said, gosh, you know, it's way worse staying where I am than the potential pain I will experience along the way of creating change. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. One, it's important. It's important we talk about it too. I love that you picked your most vulnerable one. And I think that shows bravery and courage. And it just goes along in the vein of really what feels like one of your core brand values, you know, is that bravery and that courageous voice. And I think you're right. You can fill in the blank, whatever that is for you that we use as a coping mechanism. And when times get more difficult, We sometimes lean on those coping mechanisms even stronger. And in that vein, I'm so curious about how you have coped with and how you help your clients cope with COVID-19 and how that's shifted our business, how it has even caused some people to dampen their voice and hide 
and how we've seen others step up even more. I'd love to hear your experience on that because it's very, very new and different and it's still causing a lot of like shockwaves, even though it's not quote unquote new, it's still like really shocking. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the first thing that I say to everyone is to have grace for yourself. You know, there are going to be a lot of emotional ups and downs as you, you know, walk through this period of time, mainly because uncertainty always creates that, right? A lack of clarity and uncertainty always increases your individual feeling of chaos. And therefore, it's going to make you feel that in your business as well. And so one of the biggest things that I've told my clients is that, you know, dive into a community. I have a community of female entrepreneurs that I coach. And so we've increased the number of Zoom calls and connections. And so isolation can be one of the numbing mechanisms, right? Of just trying to think, you know, when I feel better, I will reconnect. And the opposite is actually Mm. a fact, right? You have to reconnect and then you will feel better. Such a good point. Oh my God, such a good point. Say that again, because I think it's really valuable for people to hear again. Yeah, we wait until we feel like it, like we feel ready to. So they'll say, I will reconnect when I feel ready. And then I will participate in a Zoom or reconnect with my community. But the opposite is true, is that you have to act as if. And so you step into the community and then you will feel ready to tackle the rest of the world again. You know, oftentimes you have to take counter action to what you want to do in order to actually achieve the feeling that you want to ultimately have. That is literally like, if our listeners only take away that one golden nugget, it can be really life transformational. So I love that. And I also know that you're a fan of leaning into fact, and this probably comes from your law background, more than emotion. And when we see these heightened emotions and we're thinking about making business decisions, speak to that a little bit. So true. You know, I found that when most of my clients were making decisions that ultimately we needed to unwind, most of those decisions were based on emotion. They were based on feeling versus based on fact. And what we know about our feelings is that oftentimes they lie to us, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they tend to lie to us and they tend to give us, you know, I talk about it like this, a bit of a detour is that you know, if you can imagine yourself at the front of a wheat field, and I talk about this in my book, Hitting Rock Middle, that if you're standing at the front of a wheat field, imagine your brain works like this. To the left are all of these well-worn paths, things that you have done before, things that have kept you safe and protected. And so they are things that you could do in your sleep, right? I mean, you know, actions you do over and over again. Those are the pathways. You know what the outcome is. If you take that pathway, you know where it's going to end up. To the right, though, of the wheat field are all of these stalks. You cannot see what the outcome is. You cannot see anything that is going to be, you know, where you're ultimately headed, the path of every step of the way to get to that destination. Every time you want to create change, then you are asking your brain to look at the uncharted pathway, right? It can be scary. Scary land of a lot of hard work right? Like I jokingly say, you've got to get out of machete because you got to get to work. You can't be afraid. You have to really go fearless, like all in. Yes. 
all in. That's why I'm a fan of not having a plan B. I mean, I think we take a risk, right? As entrepreneurs, and there is that reward that's equally balancing, but you do have to be all in so you can get that machete and chop through all of those fears and continue to see the, the sunshine at the end of that wheat field. I love that metaphor. Keep going. So as you're kind of working through, you know, taking a step, then the next step will appear. And so I'm always telling clients like, okay, you're separating fact from feelings and the feelings want you to go down the well-worn path. The Mm -hmm. feelings tell you stay protected. And for generations, we needed to operate that way because there were things out there that could kill us, right? Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But now that's not necessarily the case. You can go in this uncharted territory and still be safe and still be protected. And oftentimes the only way to rationalize that, the only way to get to that conclusion is to draw out a very simple T-chart. One side is the word fact. The other side has the word feeling. And underneath it, you write every feeling you have that is telling you to run in the safe direction. And then you combat those feelings with actual facts. So you can simply ask yourself, is that 100% true? Is that feeling 100% true? And if it's not 100% true, then what could be true? Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of Byron Katie's work. And I love the fact that we really look at it, we examine it, and we have the power to turn it around. It takes away the fear. It puts us back in that seat of power and choice. So I really love that you bring that in. That's, That's beautiful. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high-vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you? Well, there is, my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. I'm really curious what your definition of internal success is. Ooh, another great question. I define success for myself as a feeling of flow, Mm. a feeling of joy, a feeling of contentment. And, you know, for me, all of those come when, you know, I am not pushing the proverbial boulder up the hill, right? I'm not hustling. 
for my worth. I'm not forcing myself to work an arbitrary number of hours a week merely because that is, you know, set by someone outside of myself, set somewhere and, you know, by someone externally, but that I'm following my own internal vision of what's leading me to success. And so even if it looks different than what someone else's idea of success is, that I'm doing it because it authentically originates from me and not from someone else. I really like that a lot. And how do you remind yourself of that? Oh my gosh. It's like a muscle that you have to build. You know, you have to consistently work on that. And so one of the ways that I do that is through meditation, you know, stopping to listen to my voice and my internal voice, my authentic voice versus, you know, going and looking for an external solution like, you know, a lot of people end up doing is saying, what do I do now? I'll go and research it. And that does become my natural tendency as well, because that's what the world told me to find my solution outside myself. And instead, I've had to learn how to do that for myself. Another is writing a gratitude list. You know, when I'm more grateful for the things that are in my life, I can have more contentment and realize that, you know, and switch back to the internal versus the external. I love that. And I think it really, when done consistently and truly when you silence everything and you're not just going through it like it's a task, but you're really tapping in, I think that's a really powerful practice. Speaking of writing, I know that you're a best-selling author. What was that process like for you? It was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) I've got to be honest. You know, I thought that because I've been coaching women for a while, I could just write down a framework and write down, you know, how I did things, but it's much deeper, right? I mean, I think that you think that you're always giving your own voice and you think that you're always, you know, authentically showing up, but when you have to write it on paper and, you know, know that it's going to live there for longer than a blog post or longer than an email would, you're much more discerning about what it is that you're writing. And, you know, it's just a lot more vulnerable of a process than I expected. Yeah. And I love that. I think a lot of our listeners have shown interest in writing a book, especially to promote their business and to to get their voice out. I mean, it's like a twofold thing. It's like I can reach a lot more people, you know, and it's a great vehicle too for marketing. And so what do you wish you knew before this whole book process happened? What would have made that journey a little bit easier for you? Gosh, I think I wish... I knew, and this may not be, but you know, there is no right answer. I think I wish I knew that there is no magic pill, right? I mean, writing the book has been a great process for me. I experienced a lot of individual growth, but that it's not a magic pill to like blowing up your business per se, or, you know, I think that we tend to believe that doing something really large like that, like a big task like that will suddenly transform things. And, you know, and the book did really well. And, and yes, it did increase my audience, but it's still not a magic pill, meaning that, you know, I still have to do the very same things that I did in my business before I had the book, that it doesn't suddenly create this, you know, momentum that maybe you might expect. 
I love that you shared that. That is true wisdom. And it reminds me of so many things like when people are trying to lose weight and then they feel like their whole life's going to shift if they get to a certain size. And then guess what? You still take you with you and all of your mind, you know, and years and years ago when I had a candy company and this was before Amazon was like really huge and they were just bringing in gourmet food. We were like, we actually expanded. We got a new location. We thought like everything was going to be this like massive blow up, like you're saying, and we were just going to get orders nonstop. And, and it's not the case. Like nothing really shifts that much. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you still have to show up and do the work and tap into marketing and messaging and, and service, right? Those are really the three keys to like sustainable success. It's a tool and it definitely yeah. can maybe speed things up. But I'm really so thankful that you shared that because it's valuable to keep perspective. And I think that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you for that. What kind of prediction, if you were going to make for female entrepreneurs in general or in your space, what do you see as 2020 continues to unfold? Oh, I think that, you know, we as female entrepreneurs have the ability to realize again, if we didn't know it already, that we are capable of far more Mm -hmm. than we expect of ourselves. That you know, women now more than ever have been expected to play so many roles simultaneously. And, you know, with COVID, it's just been another example of that, having to add on things like homeschooling while you're trying to run a business as an entrepreneur and figure out your path forward. And so I would take this instead of a negative as a continued positive to say, wow, if I can handle that, I can handle the pivot necessary. I can handle the increased responsibilities When I remove a couple of those things and when I get back to normal, I can absolutely blow up my business. I can do so much more because I was limiting myself, right? And oftentimes out of a crisis or an adversity, we can realize that. We can say, you know, to ourselves, my gosh, this is such an opportunity for growth. So I think that over the course of this next year, I think more women because we're better at dealing with disruption, oftentimes we're better at, at, you know, multitasking. I think women, you know, have the opportunity to really explode their businesses over the coming months. I love that. And it's so very relevant. That is the, the scuttlebutt. That is the buzz with women now having that additional responsibility or they have children home. And I know that a lot of people have, in the beginning was like, oh my gosh, I had 30 hours and now I don't, you know, and even people running masterminds where their kiddos are like popping into Zoom and like, I just was on one and she was really trying to keep it together. And she's like, I just got a, you know, a veg delivery at the door and my five old has 20 eggs in a bowl walking up the stairs. One moment, please. (laughs) And it was like, you know, we all just chuckled and we have to go with the flow. And that's about flexibility and resilience, right? And accepting that things aren't going to be picture perfect. So I really love that you talked about that. I know that you're a list girl, as am I. And so I'm wondering what tip that you have for people in these times when they're harnessing and when they're like trying to navigate and get the most out of their hot minute that they actually have, what kind of tips do you have for them to prioritize their to-do list? My biggest tip is start with the end in mind, right? Ask yourself where you're headed with your company. 
right? Begin right now with defining what success could look like for you at the end of 2020. Define what success could look like for you at the end of your career and make sure then when that is defined, then you are far less likely to have to unwind actions because you have defined a destination and each and every action you're doing on a daily or weekly or monthly basis are leading you to that bigger destination. I find that that is the most important thing to do right now because so many entrepreneurs will come to me and they'll say, what should I do next? Should I go left? Should I go right? And I'll say, you're asking the wrong question. Are you going to Europe or are you going to California? It makes a difference, right? And the direction that you take to get there today depends on where you're headed. And if you haven't decided where you're headed, start there and then work your way backwards and define what the revenue streams are that you want to pursue. Not what someone says you should do, but what you want to pursue that light you up internally to take you there. Then the next day, begin to create tasks that support those revenue streams. Beautiful. I love that. I think we can close on that bright light wisdom that you shared. Clarity is power. Absolutely. That's step one, you know, and then little micro movements along the path to, to get to that benchmark. How can people learn more about you and come closer to your world? Great. I am most often on Instagram. So I always tell everybody, follow me there at Sally Holder. And my name is spelled a little differently. Always makes it challenging. S-A-L-L-I-E. H-O-L-D-E-R. And then they can visit my website, sallyholder.com. And that has all of my information about coaching, my book, and all the rest. I love it. Continue to do the beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing and showing up fully and leading that path so we can get inspired by your bravery and just continue to have that positive ripple effect. I love that you brought in that women are so capable of doing more. And I think when we see others before us doing that, it does light that internal fire that I have a bigger message. I can do this too. So thank you so very much for being here and sharing your message and your brilliance. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Yes. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.